guys, my name's Brianna and I'm here with Pastor Nicole and we're gonna talk to you about Operation Christmas Child this year. So Brianna, tell the people why Operation Christmas Child is so important to you. So this to me is just a tangible way that we can like reach kids around the world with the gospel. Everybody can. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna do a little different this year. You've had this amazing idea and we found out that there's packing parties going on all around us. And we've been doing this individual and that's amazing, but we think we can make a bigger impact and buy supplies at a cheaper cost by going through Amazon. If you see a QR code laying around, that's gonna be just for Operation Christmas Child. And Brianne has made this list so that we'll know what pencils, balls, stuffed animals, whatever needs to go in this box, we can order it and get it at a cheaper price and it directly ships to the church so that we'll be ready for our packing party. And we have a really big goal this year. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do 500 this year. 500 boxes, that's amazing. And we can all be a part of it. So what we're asking you to do is be sure and purchase something from Amazon, go on the wish list. And number two, show up on the date. So it's gonna be October 29th after church in the lobby. Show up on that date and immediately when we leave and dismiss church, we're gonna have all of the packing stuff out so that everyone can participate. We want you and your children, go ahead, prepare a note that you wanna put in a box, take a picture, share it with your family, whatever you wanna do, we want you to be a vital part of this day for us. So bring your families out, buy something and show up on the packing party. Help make Operation Christmas Child a success this year. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? We're excited that you're here. We're happy to see all you wonderful people here. Welcome everybody out there in live streaming world. Uh, we're happy to see you as well. Um, it's good to be here today in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Because this is a day the Lord has made. And what did he say? He said, be glad and rejoice in it, right? He said, be glad and rejoice in it, didn't he? He said that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to see you here. It's good to be here. Um, if you are a first time guest and you're here today, there's a card in the pew in front of you that you can pick up and you can fill out and take it out to the Welcome Center. Or if you're technologically savvy, you can scan the QR code with your phone and you can fill it out electronically. So um, you should do one of those things. Now, we have... Uh, people who will be coming around with prayer cards. They look like this. Is that, is that right side up? Prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, this church prays first because there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And I think if I went around the room here, we'd, we'd be able to have bunches of testimonies of people who have prayed and have seen results from those prayers. So if you have a prayer request, make sure you get one of those cards. They'll be around. They'll pick them up. And they are all prayed over, believe me. I have to get out my cheat sheet now, excuse me. Um, home groups are happening today. Isn't that awesome? However, the young adults group is not meeting today. It will meet next time. But home groups are happening today. And every time somebody's up here and they ask if everybody likes home groups, there's kind of a mediocre response. So do you like home groups? They're really cool. They have good food. All right, I heard a lot of woos. That's awesome. Um, there is a sign-up sheet in the Welcome Center if you are interested in joining a team that is praying for inmates at PCI in Marysville. It's a women's uh, correctional facility. 
And if you, you put your name down, uh, what they're going to do is they're going to give your name to the inmate that you're praying for and just let them know that you were standing in the gap for them. So that's really important. So if you want to sign up, right out there at the Welcome Center. Um, and then make sure you're checking out, as the video said, Operation Christmas Child booth in the lobby uh, to see what items are still needed. That's really an awesome thing that we do here at the church. So um, <clears throat> I just want to share with you, I was thinking about this, and um, hello, and uh, I, I brought to remembrance Romans 3.23, which says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have fallen short of the glory of God, and I think we can all relate to that. But the good news is we have an advocate. We have an intercessor. We have someone who chains break and prisons shake and walls fall down and healing happens through the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. And when he left, he sent us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we have power through the Holy Spirit. Do we not? We have power through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit has come onto us, we're granted the power that Jesus had. The same power that raised him from the grave lives in us. And so through that power, through that power, what do we have? We have healing. We have freedom through that power. So if I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you today, stand to your feet. If you have a need today in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart, if you have a need today, call out to Jesus. And we're going to praise him right now. And what does it say? It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So let's hear a shout for Jesus and let's praise him now.
Oh, Lord, we cry out, we belong. 
there's nothing that I want more than Jesus alone. Nothing. Nothing compares to him. Nothing compares. There is nothing we want more.
Hamarianda Hasa, He Shandarianda Haba, Ho Kari Ama Hashapakata, Hashataka Aba, Indari Andaba Hasa, O Shandaria Taba, Hikai Tati Ama, Hosotokoto, Jindaba Hasataka. Yes, church, you have the sound of victory. That same spirit that raised my son Jesus from the dead, that same spirit, that same power, that same authority that raised my son from the dead, that rolled the stone away, that same power, that same spirit that in one day defeated death, hell, and the grave that took and made a parade and a show and a spectacle openly of principalities and powers and thrones. In one day, it's all been accomplished. The enemy is defeated. So that same power that lives on the inside of you gives you power, gives you authority. So today I say, Stir up that gift, the gift of my son, and then the gift of the Holy Ghost that I gave you. That same power. Stir up that power, I say. And if you stir up that power, you will see the manifestation of the Spirit that I've given to every man to profit withal. And as you stir up that gift, you will see the manifestation. And you will have the answer to your prayers that you're asking for. Stir up the gift, I say, that same power that raised my son from the dead. change who you are or what you deserve. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises and blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy of my song.
deserves all the glory. Amen. You know, the angels sit around the throne of God and just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Think about that day when we get there someday. What a day it's going to be. You know, Psalms 46, 1 says, God's our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And, you know, we can't have a testimony unless we go through a test. So God's going to see you faithful. Many of you here, we, we, we all go through trials. We all go through issues. But guess what? We come out victorious because Christ has done it for us. So we're just going to have to push forward with our faith, and God's going to meet you where you're at. If you got your Bibles, it's time for offering, and tithes and offering right now. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Malachi chapter 3, and I'm going to read just verse 8. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and if you need a tithing offering envelope, one of these great ushers are going to be assisting you right now. Just raise your hand, or you can simply just reach in front of you in the pew, or you can give online electronically on the screen. Uh, you can just put your phone to a QR code, and you can let them, you, know, you can click right there, takes you right to the landing page, and you can give electronically if you choose to. For those watching online right now or through streaming, we encourage you, now is your time to give as well. And we know when we get to see in the ground, the quicker the harvest comes. So we encourage you, give today as well. Thanks for everyone for being here this morning. Uh, Malachi 3, chapter 8 says simply this. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. It's clear that Malachi 3.8 implies that the Lord looks at the tithe when we're not giving it as stealing. And God certainly sees a tithe as something which is very important to him. And a tithe is simply as 10% of what you make belongs to God. It's just, it's, it's, that's the easiest way of saying it. It reminds me of a story when Brother Schaumbach was, uh, for those of you that many of you know, I worked for Brother Schaumbach for many years, uh, minister of the gospel all around the world, all across the United States. But when I was working for Brother Schaumbach, he shared a story with me that ties in. He was preaching on this very scripture verse, Malachi 3, verse 8. And this is when, this is after World War II. Brother Schaumbach was, in, was, on, a, was on a destroyer. Uh, in World War II, uh, he was called to preach on the destroyer, and then once the World War II ended, he was went to Bible College. He went to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, he was only in there for a few months. And uh, uh, there was a lot of churches in that area within about two-hour radius of Springfield that needed preachers. They didn't have a full-time pastor, so he was assigned to a a, a one-room schoolhouse about two hours north of Springfield, Missouri. And Brother Schumbach was just learning how to preach. You can be mindful of this. He was, he was learning, you know, what to do, how to do it, learning doctrine, those kind of things. So he felt the Lord tell him to minister on Malachi 3, verse 8. So he opens the Bible and says, now, church, I want to remind you, the Bible says in Malachi 3, 8, that 10 cents out of every dollar you earn belongs to God. And he said, as he was looking at the congregation, this is maybe, maybe 15, 20 different farmers with spouses and, and with their children. So it's not a big, big church. And, he's, uh, and, and he said, when he, when he said that verse, people looked at him with smiles on their faces. They were smiling at him. He was thinking, that's the wrong expression. So he said, I'm going to say it again. So he said, now, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Ten cents out of every dollar you earn belongs to God. And all the farmers were still smiling. And he's thinking, i got to go about this a different way. This is not, this is not resonating with these guys. So he said, I just, came, I just said what just came to me, Brother Eric. I, I just gotta, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm learning how to preach, so be mindful. This may not be completely doctrinal true, but this is what I felt the Lord tell me to say, or actually what he, he did say. And he said, all right, let me, get, let me say it in a way you're going to understand it. If you own 10 cows, one cow belongs to God. And he said, every smile in that place went to, just stopped. Just, they, they instantly stopped smiling. And he said, let me say it one, one more step further. If you have 200 acres, 20 acres belongs to God. 
He said those non-smiles went to frowns by that point in time. And he said uh, after service, this big farmer wearing overalls, about six foot six with red hair, comes to Brother Schaumbach and says, now, sir, let me ask you a question. You're telling me that if my chicken lay 100 eggs a week, I'm supposed to give 10 of those eggs to God? And he said, Red, you know what? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's gratifying to know you got the message that I'm trying to tell you right now. This six foot six farmer looked at Brother Schumbach right in his eyes and said, you ain't getting my eggs. And Brother Schumbach said, oh boy, what am I going to do now? And he said, and he said then, I, then I said this, Eric. I said, you know what? You know, Red, you're robbing God. And because you're robbing God, like Malachi 3.8 says, your chickens can't even live a normal life. It's all your fault. And this farmer stares at Brother Schaumbach and says, wait here. He gets in his pickup truck, drives to his farm, and, and, and literally uh, about 15 minutes later shows back up with a small brown satchel full of eggs. And he says, and the, about 10 eggs in, in the satchel, and he says, okay, here you go, preach. Here's my tithe. He said, well, good. Good, Red. I'll be praying for this week. He said, hey, preach, I have a question for you. Are you going to be here next Sunday? He said, yeah, why? He said, good, because this better work. So Brother Schumbach went back to school that week, and he said, Eric, I got to admit, I didn't do, I didn't go to classes. I didn't even, I was up almost all night long. You know what I was doing? I was praying. I was praying for chickens. He said, I was praying, Lord, bless those chickens with a double portion. Let them lay double yolks this week, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Well, sure enough, the next week comes. And Brother Schumbach is driving his, 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 his car to this yes, one-room schoolhouse in the middle of really a rural portion of, of Missouri. And Sister Schumbach had a very good eyesight. So we're, he's about a mile away from this farmhouse or the schoolhouse. And he says, Sister Schumbach, can you see anybody standing outside that building today? And she says, you know what? I can make somebody out. He goes, oh, my, does it have red hair? And she, she says, well, I can't tell. He's just too far away right now. Well, sure enough. As Brother Shambach got closer to that building, it was red waiting for him outside that building right in front of the church itself. And Brother Shambach said, as I was driving past him, I couldn't tell if he was happy or sad or mad or glad. So I'm thinking, boy, I, 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 I don't know what to do here. So he said, versus stopping in front of the church, I said, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to pull around the side to get myself a little better advantage here. And he said, as I'm driving around the side of the church, I see red chasing my vehicle. He thought, oh, my Lord, it's gonna, something's going to go down right now. So Brother Shambach puts the brake on, puts the car in park, jumps out of the vehicle, and as soon as he gets up, he kind of digs his feet into the ground a little bit, kind of prepare himself. Red picks him up, starts dancing around the vehicle saying, preach, it works. Preach, it works. The tithe works. And he said, Red, put me down. What's wrong with you, man? He said, preach, it works. And he said, uh, you know, all this week, you wouldn't believe it. My chickens were cackling every night long. They were just producing eggs nonstop. And Brother Samuel was saying, yeah, that's because I was praying for you, Red. But he said, well, he said, well, wait a minute. If, if, the, if it worked, where's your tithe, Red? He said, preach, it's already at the altar. I brought it in early this morning. So Brother Shambach went in with Sister Shambach and Red, and he goes to the altar, and he, said, he sees this crate up there, and he goes up there, and Brother Schumbach would say, I'm kind of nosy, so I'm actually counting the eggs. It's like, how many eggs are in here, Red? Did you bring the whole thing? He said, nope, just to preach, or just to, just to tithe, preach, just to tithe. There were 25 dozen eggs in that crate. So the chickens went from producing 100 eggs a week to 3,000 eggs in one week's time. Now, I'm not saying this is doctrine correct, and for the use of your farmers, I'm not going to ask you for a cow or 20 acres of land. Don't worry. But I am saying this, God is faithful when you bring tithes into the storehouse. Because 
Two verses down, Malachi 3.10 says, when you do bring the tithes into the storehouse, into the church, that God will open up the windows of heaven upon your life. And Malachi 3.11 says, he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So I encourage you today, church, when you bring your tithe, do it with a good heart, knowing that you're going to make an impact, touching so many people, and God's going to bless you back because of your faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray right now. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for this time that we can give to you, another act of our worship, showing our heart, showing our love for you. Lord, we just thank you, God, for all you do for us. We can never repay you for what you've done for us on the cross, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you just honor our tithe that we give today and the offerings that are given today. We thank you it's going to multiply back the people that are given today. And I thank you that people are living under open heaven under the sound of my voice. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. He's worthy of the praise, the honor, the glory. Uh, it, 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 it should continue to always be before him. Yeah. You know, when somebody does something great, you know, you celebrate them. When someone does something maybe for the first time and, and, and breaks a record or, or reaches a new level of achievement. I mean, we throw confetti, we, we have parties, it's, it's on the news, we put signs in our front yard, you know, so-and-so graduated, you know. Whenever someone does something, we celebrate it. Well, I think our Lord and Savior is worthy to be celebrated. I think he's done something. Hallelujah. Let's jump into this. I want to show you something. Uh, in the New Living Translation, I'm going to read this. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to explain it here in just a second. But in verse 1, in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the faith, to the life of faith, that's those people that have been commended in chapter 11. They were commended for their faith. And the Bible says that we're, we're surrounded by people like that. Even in the heavens, they're cheering for us. But it goes on, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Hmm. 
In other words, let's run to win. Can we say amen to that? In verse 2, it says, uh, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. The champion. We have a champion that is worthy to be celebrated. Can we say amen to that? It says this champion who initiates and, uh, and, and, and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. He is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. God, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, Father, that it's going to stir up faith. It's going to cause us to see who we are in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that old thoughts, negative thoughts, thoughts that don't have faith, thoughts of discouragement, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of giving up are rebuked right now. I curse them in the name of Jesus. Thoughts of fear and worry, shame and guilt, we cast them out right now in the name of Jesus. And we only focus and think on things that are true, honest, lovely, worthy. God, I thank you. We have a Philippians 4 and 8 mindset right now, Father. We decree it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. We're starting a new series, Champion. And I want you to know something. Jesus is our champion. Can we say amen to that? Listen, you got to understand, you know, people like, uh, let's say, Tom Brady, for example. You know, these guys, they, they do incredible things. I was looking up. A little info about Tom Brady. You may not be a Tom Brady fan, but he's a winner. He's a winner. I was looking up how he has 23 NFL seasons. I was looking at how he has the most games won, 251 games. I was looking at he has the most championships won. He has seven. Most career touchdown passes. 649 regular season passing yards. So this guy has passed the ball for, as far as yardage, 89,214 yards of passing. I'm surprised that brother still has a shoulder left. So I was looking at that, I said, wow, that, that, is, that is a huge accomplishment. And guess what? He's celebrated for that. Somebody, a lot of people refer to him as the best, you know, the GOAT. So me being from Chicago, of course, I said, well, if I'm going to look up Tom Brady, I got to look up Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. And so I had a video, uh, and Andrew said, well, you, you submitted it too late. I think he didn't want to play it because I had a video of Chicago beating Cleveland, you know. So I thought it was kind of an Ohio thing, you know what I mean? You know, because there's this part where Michael Jordan jumps in the air, he's swinging his fist, and I said, yeah, buddy, I want to show that in Ohio. But uh, Andrew said, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do that. <laughs> so, but I was looking up Michael Jordan, six NBA championships. Six NBA Finals MVP. He was voted most valuable player six times. 
I'm looking at, you know, two three-peats. Okay, so it's hard enough to win one championship. It's very hard to win back-to-back -back championships. But then him and his team, they messed around and did it a third time, and they did that twice. I said, man, these guys, these guys are really some champions, you know. And, and I began to think about that, and there's other people. I was looking at Michael Phelps and Serena Williams, you know, all these great things. But then I thought, okay, if a champion is someone that doesn't lose and, and has the victory and, and defeats all odds, I begin to think about Jesus Christ. I'm thinking, man, who can defeat hell, death, and the grave? My champion, Jesus Christ. And so I got a little stirred up about that. So I was reading that, that Hebrews 12 and that verse 1, and, and, and at the end of it, when it was saying, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In other words, run with endurance means never give up or quit. Why in the world would I ever give up if I knew that there was a champion living on the inside of me? I was looking at these guys, and, and, and I looked at one video, and, and Tom Brady they had just won one of the Super Bowls, and, and he walks up to, to uh, uh, one of his teammates, and his teammate says, hey, man, you know, that's what we do. That's what we do. And he said, yeah, buddy, you know it. That's who we are. And I'm going, if athletes can do that, how much more can the body of Christ do that? What's wrong with me that I don't walk up to my problems and say, listen, you don't know who you're messing with right now. You don't know who you're dealing with. Why can't I come up to my family and say, come on, I know we got a tough situation right now, but this is what we do and this is who we are. We are champions. We don't quit. We don't throw in the towel. We don't give up because the greatest champion of them all lives on the inside of us. If I, if I quit in the game, I'm denying that championship pedigree that's on the inside of me. You say, well, I, I, I don't have that. Let me tell you something. If you've been born again, oh, yes, you do. The Bible says you are a new creature. You, you, old things are passed away. All things are new. So guess what? The failure that may have been there, the quitter that used to be there, the one that was very negative and never spoke positive, the one that could never see light at the end of the tunnel, that person is done away with in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for that, because I want to take off running right now. <laughs> so I run this race with an active persistence. I run this race to win. That verse 2 was saying that, that now that, he, that Jesus, he sits 
in the place of honor besides God's throne. You know what that means? He's seated in the winner's circle. And guess what? We are seated with him in that same winner's circle. Can we say amen to that? But guess what? Things are going to happen. Things are, it's, it's like this. I discovered peace is not the absence of conflict. For so long, every time conflict, problems, disappointments would come into my life, I would say things like, man, I just, I just need some peace. And then one day the Holy Ghost said, what makes you think you don't have peace? I said, well, I have problems. He said, but that doesn't mean you don't have peace. He said, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the assurance. It's the assurance. Pastor Nicole, you got up and you said some things, and, and, and I agree 100% with you. It's time out for Christians to... We got to stop being so soft. We got to stop being so soft. I mean, I, I, I think social media has made us soft. Listen, I, not, not very long ago, not in the, in the, in the too far distant past, I, I looked and I saw where I posted something on Facebook, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Boy, I thought, woo, boy, people are going to see this and get fired up, boy, you know. And I think I had like three blue thumbs. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, let me post this again. Matter of fact, let me, let me, let me see. Uh, most people get off work about this time, so let me give them a few minutes to, you know, drive time, get home. Okay, I'm going to post it at that time. And then most people, you know, at night, maybe after they've settled down a little bit, let me post it again. I think I might have ended up with nine blue thumbs all together. And I mean, I was all in my feelings. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This right here, this is, boy, this is some good stuff right here, man. And, and people need to be sharing it, and they need to be going, hey, man, that's great. Oh, I'm so glad you posted that. But I didn't get any of that. And I was in my feelings. I was like, what's wrong with these people? I got like 1,900 friends. I'm like, like I can't even get 10% of that. I think social media has made us a little soft. Well, let me speak about me. I can't speak about you. I think it made me a little soft, and I got in my feelings. Well, when I study this, when I read this Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it's telling me, oh, no, soft people do not belong here. And I didn't make you soft. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that nurturing and caring and those things are not important. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that I need to realize because I'm born again, because I'm saved, there's a champion mentality on the inside of me. I got champion pedigree. And you know what? I can't lose if I put my trust in him. So it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me listen. When I look at that Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I'm seeing that you keep your eyes on Jesus. 
the success, the, 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 the main ingredient, the thing that's going to give you victory no matter what you go through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how unfair it is. It doesn't matter that you don't understand. It doesn't matter that you're thinking, wait a minute, we should be beyond this point. We should pass this point. We should already have the victory. But here's what the Bible says. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you got to remember, he's the one that began and finished the race. See, he started the race. He already finished it. So here's what I'm guaranteed. If I accept him into my life as Lord and Savior, and I believe and trust in him, then guess what? I've already run the race. Do you understand that? You've already won. But for some of us, Victory doesn't quite look like what we thought it would. Well, but imagine if you sat in the locker room with the Tom Brady's and the Michael Jordans and people like that. Guess what? You see that they went through a lot of hills, valleys, ups and downs. There was a lot of back and forth. Teammates fell out with one another. Plays didn't get executed well. People almost got put off the team. But guess what? When they step out on that field, they, cut, they step out united. And I'm saying, listen, you may have a lot of ups and downs, but guess what? When you step out for Jesus, you need to be united in the faith. We ought to be saying the same thing. The same words need to be coming out of our mouth. They need to be words of life and not death. They need to be words of faith and not hopelessness. This is what champions do. And Jesus has proven I'm that champion. Who else? I mean, come on. He's not even limited by time or death. Sometimes we look at death as a finale. I'm going, do you understand who our champion is? He's even greater than death. He proved it. He died and came back. He died and came back. So why would I look at death as a finality? Yeah, it may hurt. It may be disappointing. But that's not the end of the story. There is an eternity with God that we are all trying to get to. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians 15. Whoever that was that said, take your time, you're so right. Because you're so, I'll just keep running. And, and the Lord said, give them scripture, please. You know? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15. Again, I'm still on that New Living Translation. And I'm going to look at verse 50. I'm talking about a champion in Jesus Christ. It says this in verse 50. What am I saying, dear brothers and sisters? Is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Wow. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. 
for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our, our dying bodies have been transferred, transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. I've taken Jesus for granted so much in my life. I live life as if my existence is mainly just here on earth. But Jesus has said, don't cheapen me. I have even conquered the death and the grave. And there is a victory that you will walk in, a championship that you will walk in even beyond this life. He says, death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. 57, here we go. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you are such a champion that not even death can stop you. If I leave here early, it's okay. You ain't got to wonder anything. Well, I wonder what happened. No, don't, don't wonder anything. Celebrate. Shoot the confetti in the air. Have a party. Have a celebration. Put it on TV. Get people coming up. Boy, that Rick, let me tell you, he was something else, man. You know, that's what I need you to do for me. Because we are champions. It says this. In verse 58, so, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong. Look at your neighbors say, be strong. Yeah, yeah, no time for a little soft, you know, uh, uh, social media softness, you know, mad because you only got nine blue thumbs, you know, but you got 2,000 friends and you figure at least 200 of them, 10%. I mean, you know, like, a tithe, I guess, I don't know if that even applies or not, but, but maybe 10% should give you a, a blue thumb. Yeah, pray for me, I know. <laughs> Just up here telling all my business. <laughs> Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Let me tell you something. Part of the championship pedigree is that you, say ex you stay excited and impressed by Jesus Christ. I can never afford to get to the point where I'm just kind of blah with Jesus, that I'm not impressed by him that I'm not moved by him, I'm not excited about him, that, that you know, I'm too embarrassed to, to, to let the world know how good he has been to me. I'm too embarrassed to maybe, you know, get a, get a, 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 a witness going on in Kroger in the grocery store line. I'm too embarrassed to call those family members who have made up in their hearts and mind that they will never accept Jesus. I'm too embarrassed to tell them what he's done for me lately. That should never be. I'm going to stay enthusiastic for my Lord. I'm going to know that, you know what, even on my worst day, he deserves my praise. 
On my worst day, he deserves a hallelujah. On my worst day, he deserves me to take a moment, lift my hands, and just thank him for being who he is and who he is in my life. It says this. It says, for you know. I'm trying not to cry. It says, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. That's a champion right there. That nothing, I mean absolutely, positively, the smallest thing that you could ever think of to do for Jesus is never useless. Man, I mean, we just got so much greatness going in us, even the smallest things. Even the most, you know, the, 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 the things that just don't even seem like they register. I mean, just driving in the car, thank you, Jesus. Just sitting at the red light, hallelujah. Just, just you know, you see somebody, you know, God bless them, you know. The simplest little things are never useless for our Lord and Savior. Can we say amen to that? So I'm, I'm telling you, you got to get this. I'm telling you about this champion, okay? He's already shown us where he's won the race. He's won the race. So the, the race, the, the, the race of life, he's already won it. And then he's showing, you know what? When it comes to death and the grave, he said, oh, by the way, I beat that too. So when I go down his accomplishments, you know, I talked about, you know, Tom Brady throwing for 89,214 yards. I'm like, wow. But when I get to Jesus, I said, he died and he rose again. That not even death, not even the grave could hold him back, could hold him down. Things that man can't comprehend and man can't understand. Let me tell you something. In Jesus, there's no limit. There's nothing that he can't conquer or overcome. Can we say amen to that? So now here's the thing. I got to live like it. I got to live like it. I mean, sometimes, and I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody else in here. Sometimes I kind of act like Jesus lost one. You know, run into a little money problem and, oh, what are we going to do? And Jesus is like, um, I'm still here in the winter circle. <laughs> I still have all the accolades, all the accomplishments, you know. I still have that. Run into a health issue, you know. Oh, what, what, what's going to happen now? Jesus is like, um, I'm, yeah, I'm still here. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm still here. I've still what? I've not been dethroned. Okay, let's 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 go into scripture. I'll. I'll I'll keep running with that. John 3.16. We know this. John 3.16. Uh, let's do the King James. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm probably going to switch back and forth, man. I hope that's not too much. I, I'm a complicated man. I mean, just, just bear with me. Uh, John 3.16. I'm, I'm looking at the King James Version right now. Three, uh, 16, 17, and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who is a champion, who can't lose. He's going to accomplish what I send him out to do. You ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to try to figure it out. He's already worked it out. Stop stressing yourself out. Just trust and believe in him. That whosoever 
this Jesus is such a champion that a wretched man like I was, a man full of sin, wasn't thinking about God. He says, even the likes of you, if you believe in him, you won't perish. He says, but have everlasting life. You mean a guy who was born in sin, spoke death, spoke sin, walked sin, tried to make room for sin, tried to take sin to the next level, tried to be this, tried to be that, uh, was born in a neighborhood where everybody in that neighborhood had to be a member of that gang that ran that neighborhood. You didn't have a choice. You were born and you could not live on that street and not be a part of that gang. A father that we know he had a good job and college education and all that, but he still lived a little bit beyond his means, you know. So his income was very questionable as to where it all derived from. Yes, he was a hardworking man, and yes, he had a good job, and he was a smart guy, but I'm going, even at 12 years old, I'm going, you know, Dad, there's something else going on here, you know, that you're not telling me, you know. So even with that kind of upbringing and those kind of examples, Jesus is such a champion that he says, but you know what? If you believe in me, if you believe in me, all of that doesn't matter. I, will cha- I am such a winner that I will change all of those things about you. He says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Boy, Jesus is just a, he's just a saver. He's just, he's like, he's like, I, I think of, you know, superheroes and, 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 and I watch some of those movies sometimes and, and Spider-Man, you know, could just hear a problem, you know, uh, 30 blocks away or his, his spider sense starts tingling and he's like, there's a problem, I gotta go, I'll be right back, you know, and he, you know, swings over there and Superman can hear a, a baby's cry, you know, 10 states over, you know, and, and, and those things are great, but my Jesus is even better. My Jesus is better because here's what he does. He doesn't have to wait for it to happen. He's not so much reactive, he's proactive. Because see, he came for me, died for me while I was yet still a sinner. He didn't wait for me, okay, come to me, okay, and then I'll respond. He says, no, I love you so much. I'm such a champion. I'm so good at this that you know what? I'm just going to die now because I already know you're going to need me. That's the champion that we serve. He says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. How many people believe on him? Then let me tell you something. You're not condemned. So don't have thoughts that line up with condemnation. Don't have feelings and emotions that govern your life that mirror condemnation. Don't beat yourself up. Don't call yourself a failure. Don't, 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 don't attack your own self. Don't attack the change that a champion has made in you. He says, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Somebody say champion. Yeah, only a champion can do that. Only a champion can take something 
that's probably worth nothing. Well, I'm talking about me now, not you. <laughs> that's worth nothing and say, you know what? I'm going to make you great. I'm go- L- listen, you're talking about an apprenticeship program. You know, that, that's an understatement. I'm going to take you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to turn you around. I'm going to place your feet on solid ground. I'm going to give you a new identity, a new attitude. What was that song a long time ago? I got a new attitude. Yeah, I'm not about to sing it, you know. <laughs> no way. It'd be like, okay, message over. <laughs> Time to go. But I got a new attitude. I think differently. I don't think of failure. I think of victory. No matter how hard it is, I push myself. I keep my eyes focused on Jesus. That even when he endured hardship, I mean, I'm talking about beat beyond recognition. I mean, I didn't been in some fights, but I ain't never been in a fight to where when, when, it, when the dust set on the smoke clear, you didn't know who I was. I might have had a couple bumps and bruises. Well, okay, Rick, you, you lost that one, you know, which uh, incidentally, I didn't really lose too many, you know, just, just since I'm speaking on that, you know. I'm, I'm, I forget what my record is. I want to say something like 35 and 2. I don't know. But something like that. Something like that. Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> His very nature is being a winner. And that spirit lives on the inside of you. If you have been born again, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that spirit is on the inside of you. So stop denying who you are and what you are. Stop denying it. Well, yeah, but the reality of the situation is, what what does that have to do with a champion? What does that have to do with faith? Well, the reality of the situation, okay, I understand the reality, but what does faith have to say about it? Faith that is backed up by one who's never lost. Somebody say this, I have a champion. Living on the inside of me. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. That, that, that right there just needs to make you kind of rethink some things. You know, maybe your marriage right now is struggling. Maybe your finances are struggling. Maybe there's health issues right now. But you know what? You need to speak from the champion inside of you instead of the opposition outside of you. Do you realize that the devil wants to change the mold? You've been made, Pastor Tim, uh, uh, I shouldn't say this, his head is already big enough, but, but he, he came up with our small group patterns, and we've been talking about the pattern, the mold that you've been made in. So it's like this, whatever I was, then came this, like, press, this mold that, that clank, when it's, when it snapped down, it, it, it's shaping and molded me into a champion. And now that's the mindset that I speak from. That's the attitude that I carry. Do I think more highly of myself than I ought to? Absolutely not, because I understand if it wasn't for Jesus. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for his love, his goodness, his faithfulness, oh no, I would not have this. But since he did it, 
Look out. Watch out now. Listen, I got a new attitude. I just feel some way about myself. I just feel like, well, you know what? No matter what problem comes up against me, I just feel like a winner. I just feel like, you know what? We're going to overcome this. You know, we're going to get through this. You know, well, it's been a long time. Well, it doesn't matter about that. I know that winning is in my DNA because a champion lives on the inside of me. The Bible says things like this. I'm just going to show you some things where he just shows you how much of a champion he is. And he's not just one-dimensional. Michael Jordan, never met him, you know, but that's my guy, you know, Chicago thing, all that kind of stuff. But he kind of sucked. Can I say that? Okay. When it came to baseball. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? You know, here's a guy, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, just basketball, great. You know, just, you know, you know, I would jump, but that's not a good idea. But, you know, basketball, great. But man, when he went to baseball, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even watch this right now. (laughs) You know, stop, you know, take the baseball uniform off. Go put on some shorts and a jersey and get back on that hardwood floor. You see that. You see, you see guys that were great in one thing, and then they, they try to go play something else. I see some athletes play golf, and I'm like, oh, God, you, you, you stink, you know. <laughs> your, your greatness is, is now being jeopardized. But I serve a Jesus, a champion. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. He's a champion everywhere he goes. Can we say amen to that? I mean, in every situation, he'll be your champion in finances. He'll be your champion in healing. He'll be your champion in marriage. He'll be your champion in getting your kids right. He'll be your champion on on those problems on the job. He'll be the champion that gets you a job. He'll be the champion that gets you a promotion. He is a champion everywhere he goes. So I was reading the Bible in Isaiah 53, 5, I'm in the King James. I know that he's like, make up your mind. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Man, when I read that, you know, I'm like, that's incredible. Uh, uh, the punishment required for our well-being fell on him. When I read that the, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, I said, man, I've, I've read that plenty of times. I've sung it in songs, not out loud, but sung it in songs. And, and I said, well, what does that mean? It means the punishment required for the well-being of us fell on him. He took on the burden because he's a champion. He took on the responsibility, I will make you right with God. So, you know, I don't fall for those tricks anymore. I said, you know, look at me and look at my track record. Okay, how many rights I had today versus how many wrongs I had today. Well, if I felt like, I, excuse me, I had more rights, then I felt pretty good about myself. But if I felt like I had more wrongs, then I beat myself up. And one day the Holy Ghost said, 
so stupid. Your righteousness with the Father has nothing to do with that. Oh, are you saying it's okay to sin? Absolutely not. Anybody with a right mind, anybody with a little bit of common sense ought to know that the wages of sin is death. But he said that responsibility fell on Jesus, and he is a winner. So you have your righteousness with God through Jesus Christ because he's a champion. He doesn't lose. He took that. So I was reading that, and I said, wow, he, even, even there he doesn't lose. And then it says, and with his stripes we are healed. I'm telling you, there's not a situation in your life. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter if it was your fault, if it was your in-law's fault. My wife is watching. How you doing, honey? I don't, I don't know why I thought of you all of a sudden when I said in-laws. <laughs> she, she is going to hit me really hard <laughs> when I get home. <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm just cruising for a bruise. I guess I, guess I love punishment. I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter how you got where you are. The devil attacked you. You fell short. Somebody did something. A combination of all of that. Jesus says, my championship knows no limits. Everything that you put me in, we are guaranteed success and victory if you trust me, if you obey me. Because somebody might say, well, I'm saved, and, and, and I didn't get victory. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the problem is not with Jesus. Let's be real clear about that. He is a champion. So guess what? He's a winner. So the problem's not with him. So you know what, what I do? I look at me. Okay, what did I do? Because Jesus doesn't fail. He doesn't lose. So let me look at me. So I'm looking at this. I said, man, in every circumstances, Jesus is a winner. You know, they talked about, the, he, he says, and with his stripes we are healed. I, I remember in Matthew, I think chapter 12 somewhere, it was talking about a multitude, and the Bible says, and he healed them all. Matthew 12, 15, I believe. He healed them all. Somebody say champion. I'm telling you, that's who you have in Jesus. Let me give you a, a few more. Uh, in John 16:33, King James says this. John 16:33, these things, these things, what things? All things, anything. Okay, these things I have spoken unto you that ye might have peace in the world. Do you do you live in the world? You you live in the world. You 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 live in the world. You live. So you're not one of those aliens that the government's talking about? Oh, that's a, sorry, that's something else. <laughs> you, you, you live in the world. The Bible says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. You're going to have problems. The prince of this world is the devil. Attacks are going to come to you. Mistreatment's going to happen to you. Things that are not fair. Things that, you know what, you didn't even do anything wrong, but yet it still happened. Those kind of things are going to happen, but you got to keep your focus on Jesus. 
He is such a champion that he says this. Even though those things are going to happen, he says, be of good cheer. I envision him almost like, you know, you see those Superman movies and his chest is just out here and, and, you know, he's, he's all like this and the wind is blowing his cape, you know, and he's, he's just standing there, you know, and, he, and, and when Superman shows up, it's like, you know what, everything is all right now because I'm here. And the people, oh, Superman, oh, you know, Superman, 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 little kids come running, Superman, Superman, you know, everybody gets so excited. But my Jesus said this, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, anything that you could ever possibly experience in life, no matter how bad it is, how unfair it is, Jesus said, I've already overcome it. You need to rejoice. You need to put a smile on your face. You need to lift your head up because victory is in me because I'm a champion and I never lose. Can we say amen to that? See, those are words of a winner. A winner says, be of good cheer. Do do you see what's happening right now? (laughs) The house is on fire. The dog died. uh, uh, The kids are disobedient. Me and the wife, I don't know how that's going to work out. There's negative balance. When I go online to look at my balance, it shows up in red, you know, with 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 a negative, a minus sign in the front. 40K, 401K, then drop, the stock market, all. Do you see what's happening, Jesus? And he goes, yes. <laughs> Be of good cheer. Are you serious right now? Yes. <laughs> Be of good cheer. But see, I got to believe this thing. I got I to say, you know what? This champion I have, he will never leave me. He will never leave me. Even when it gets hard, even when I don't understand right now, why is this happening? Well, you can get caught up in that if you want to. I mean, I understand it. But what's going to serve you better? To get caught up in the why? or get more focused on the answer, the solution. Here it is, I got you, you know, I'm with you. I didn't leave you, you're not by yourself. Don't beat yourself up, no, I'm, but, but I, but I, but I, and he's like, you know, stop it with the but I for just a moment and put your focus and thoughts solely on me. I find that things change when I get to focusing and thinking about Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? You don't, I don't realize, we don't realize uh, sometimes how destined we are to be a winner, a champion, as long as we remain in faith with Jesus. Gosh, let me, let me try to sum this up. I just got so much here. And, and listen, this is a series. So, so Pastor Nicole, you know, she's going to continue on with this, and she's going to show you examples of people who, who walked in victory, walked as champions, just because God was with them. 
I make it so hard sometimes. Uh, listen, John 14, 16. Let's go here. I want to show you another reason why you can focus on him as champion. This is what the Bible says. In John 14, 16, this is Jesus saying, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Does forever have an expiration date? Are you sure? Then why do I act like sometimes that it does? Why do I act like, okay, I, I made it through one storm, and I know you guys don't do this, but I made it through one storm, I got the victory, I'm thanking God, and then when the next one come, I act like he's not with me. I act like I've never won a victory in Jesus Christ. He says, and in this story, Jesus is telling them, listen, I'm leaving, okay? But I'm not going to leave you by yourself. Somebody say, I'm not by myself. Yeah, so stop acting like it. Stop acting like, oh, I don't know why this is, you know. No, stop, stop. You are not alone. Wasn't that a song? You are not alone. I am. Thank you, thank you. I don't know why I looked at Randy, you know. <laughs> Unless it's some 80s rap song, you know. You. <laughs> <laughs> We're not alone. He says... He says this, I am, I, I will send you another comforter. Now, I want to show you something. In that same John 14, verse 26, 10 verses down, it says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. All things. So don't ever feel like, how are we ever going to make it out of this? You have a teacher that will teach you all things. Everything you need to know, every answer that's necessary, you have a teacher that will give it to you. He says, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So I got to studying. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. So I looked up synonyms for comforter, and there's the word advocate. You know, an advocate being someone who will speak on your behalf. Pastor Nicole and I were talking about this. You know, someone that will stand up for righteousness for you. For you. They will, they will stand up and come in the name of righteousness, fairness, victory for you. So the Bible says that this comforter that Jesus is sending, the Holy Spirit, he's also an advocate. But I looked up synonyms for advocate, and guess what I found? Champion. I said, man, this is a setup. It's a setup. I can't do nothing but win. I just win, win, win everywhere I go. I, I'm just a winner, I'm just a winner, I'm just a winner. Oh, but, but what about when it hasn't manifest yet? I keep saying I'm a winner. You know, ask Tom Brady, hey, middle of the season, not looking good. You don't look like you're going to make it to the playoffs. Ask Tom Brady, did you quit? Absolutely not. Ask Michael Jordan, you know, hey, man, halfway through the season, it ain't looking good. Some of your key players are injured. You know, what do you think? Oh, we're still going to win. 
if man can say that depending upon themselves, how much more can we say that depending on Jesus Christ? We just got to change the way we think. What's that, Romans 12, 1 and 2? You know, and, and, and that too, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. See, I got saved and my spirit got renewed. But guess what didn't change? The way I think, my attitude, you know. Uh, see, all that required a work. It required that I pursue Jesus. It required that I got to know him, got to understand him. It, it required that I let his love control me. The Bible says it's the love of Christ that constrains us. In other words, controls us. So now I got to ask myself this question. What's controlling me? Is it the world? Is it my situations and circumstances? Is it how much money I have in my account? Is it how well the wife and I are getting along? Is it my, my status in society? What is it that's controlling me? Because I'm telling you now, if it's not the love of Christ, you are jeopardizing your championship pedigree. So today I say, you know what? His love controls me. So he says things like, Bless your enemies. Okay. What you want me to do? There's a person that was really difficult in our lives, family member, and they drove a Mercedes. Ooh, I probably shouldn't have said that because now they know who they are. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> they know that they're difficult. <laughs> you know, but... They said, no, my wife doesn't drive a Mercedes. <laughs> Satan, I rebuke you now. I have a great wife in Jesus' name. I'm blessed by the best. Hallelujah. <laughs> She's at home watching, you know. Yeah, that, that, that devil was in Randy, but we cast that out, baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this Mercedes meant a lot to them. And it had a lot of problems. So we went to them, and I said, hey, uh, I need the keys to your car. And they're looking at me like, yeah, right. And I said, no, listen, we're going to bless you. And they're kind of looking like, what do you mean by that? You know, we're going to bless you, and we're not going to use your backyard mechanics. No offense to any backyard mechanics, by the way, you know. But I said, we're, 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 not, I'm gonna, we're gonna take it to the dealership, take it to some places we know, and, and, and we're gonna get your car fixed. So that was hard for them, you know. We, we had a lot of stuff that had happened. Now I had forgiven them, but see, because I'm a champion, they were able to see the forgiveness and the love at work. Because my faith is in Christ and his love controls me. So I want to be a winner. He already said, you are a winner, so let me do what winners do. So I walked up. I said, hey, you know, we'll take it. Now, I really had to use faith because when I took that car to that Mercedes dealership, who we? They let me, are you really a winner? We about to see. <laughs> we about to find out how much of a winner you are. 
When that bill, I was like, I said, why does the number keep going, you know? <laughs> why? Stop it. Can we cut this number in half? Can we move this decimal, you know? But you know what? We did that. And that act of obedience, because we're champions. Now, you have no idea what happened between us. Let me just say it was real bad. It was real bad. But because of that championship pedigree that I get from Jesus Christ, that uh, wasn't even nothing. My wife even looked, she said, are are we going to really do this? I said, baby, absolutely. I said, this is what we do. It's kind of like that Tom Brady and his teammate. This is who we are. So we blessed him. Guess what? He comes to our church now. So I'm just telling you, I'm 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 going to pause it here. But I, 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 I want you to understand that this championship mentality, it comes from having the mind of Christ. See, Christ did things like he said, listen, consider others more important than yourself. You know, he said, put other people's concerns on your list to do as well, not just your own. You know, he says these things and everything that he's telling us to do, no matter if you understand it or not, it is the mindset, it is the characteristics of a winner. It is just what champions do. So if you're sitting there saying, okay, well, I haven't been a champion lately. Real simple. Get in the Word. See what Jesus says and begin to live that way. Can we say amen to that? Hey, let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that something is stirring up in the atmosphere today, that we just don't accept defeated negative attitudes. We just don't accept pessimistic pessimistic mindsets and things like that, God. We are people who speak life, we think life, we speak faith, we don't speak death, we don't walk in those things, God. We know that you are a winner. We know that you sent the champion of champions into our lives. So, Father, it's with that understanding that we live by now. It's with that that we respond out of, not of our hurts and mistreatments. It is with that mindset that we respond to life. And God, I just thank you right now. Families, families are going to be reunited. Marriages will be healed. Sickness will turn around. God, I thank you that the brokenness on the inside of us is now healing. I thank you that the holes in our souls are now being touched because we understand that there's a champion that lives on the inside of us. And I thank you, Father, the world's going to see a difference. Our family members are going to see a difference. And you know what? If no one ever acknowledges it, it doesn't matter because we know that you see it. And we know that you are well pleased. So, Father, I thank you for this. And I just decree and declare it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. He's that champion. So listen, small groups on Wednesday, and next Sunday, boy, look out. That woman's going to fly in here with a cape on her back, and she's going to continue on. Listen, we love you guys. 
you are dismissed. God bless.